Welcome to Chess Talk, episode 240. Almost did it again. Fuck. I was in my head so much. Get it's your shit 254. together. Yeah. Episode 254. I never make mistakes. Never. You're We're here to play perfect. some chess and talk. I am playing chess against a robot. Let's see how quick I lose. That's the new slogan. Uh, it's just Brittany and I. Two of us. Chloe's in the room, but we'll see how long that lasts. And yeah, this is probably going to be the the get up for the next 10 episodes as i think we've mentioned before we are moving we're going to be moving up uh, to utah fourth of july weekend so we will probably start pre-recording a good chunk of episodes so if we get less and less topical hey sorry <laughs> pardon our dust we're busy we're gonna get into it we're gonna finish space force um some other topics and then we watched another movie that is near and dear to your heart you haven't seen in a couple of years and i have never seen mm-hmm. and yeah let's get into it how was your week fine i started my new job this week it was not stressful yeah it was the only thing that was stressful about it was technology failed mm-hmm. every day like every step of the way yeah and that was really fucking annoying yeah because it would work one day and then it wouldn't work the next or it would work in the morning and then not in the afternoon and mm-hmm. i'm just i'm fucking tired of technology yeah. but i am excited about my new job that's good i am too aside from that you played more skyrim i did that's nothing mm-hmm. new there just skyrim completing different storylines what's the storyline you're on right now dark brotherhood yeah because you just finished because you finished the thieves guild a couple sessions ago and then you were just doing like miscellaneous quests yeah 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 because I was trying to like clear out my log so it wasn't so backed up and then that didn't really work out. <laughs> so I keep like in the middle of doing the main quest line I'm doing, I like talk to someone and then they give me like a side quest. I'm like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. But I'm doing the Dark Brotherhood. I am, I am running away from solitude after I killed the Emperor. <laughs> so you got a busy... Oh yeah, when I jump back into it, it's going to be crazy yeah that's fun sorry chess is already you're stupid no yeah. uh i mean i hope not but can knows? you change the difficulty yeah we've talked about it i'm on the lowest difficulty um, i have always been get good boy do i wish so yeah skyrim that's good uh anything else you've been doing or i don't think so stressing you sold your car i did sell my car yeah that's crazy yeah because they gave you money yeah, they gave me like over double what the Kelly Blue Book value of it is, so I'm not complaining. And it was a dealership. I didn't just like scam someone out of uh, yeah out of their money. Like dealership looked at it and they were like, "We'll give you this much." And I was like, "Okay, take it now." Okay, sir. Mm-hmm. If that's what you say. And even after test driving it, they didn't change it. Mm-hmm. It's not like it wasn't a was piece of shit. Yeah, there were not major issues with your car. No. Issues that I didn't feel like taking with us. Yeah. <clears throat> and the whole logistics of moving another vehicle and mm-hmm. yeah, it just added a lot and you got a good pennies worth yes. for the car. Well, which will help our upfront costs with moving. Sure will. Moving's expensive. Yeah. I mean, moving. No one tells you that. Moving in state is fine. Moving in the same city. It's still a lot, but. Yeah. But not <laughs> when you are moving to a new state and your lease is going to overlap with your existing lease for a month so yeah we planned it great life is nice that way where everything just works out lies don't lie to them lies and slander uh i can't think of anything else 
big you did for moving we're just packing more I packed up all my 12 inch records mm-hmm. Brittany's staring at all the boxes i have nine boxes i'm only counting eight there's one right there but i'm sure i believe it's, you oh it's right behind me literally yeah. i'm blocking okay. it nine boxes of records that's a lot <laughs> and that's not even the seven inches yeah so a lot of boxes but hey if you need to pack some records the u-haul small box yeah perfect size just get some packing peanuts for the sides <clears throat> you're good to go how was your week? Fine. Yeah, just working. Mm-hmm. Um, got the big interview coming up Friday. Yeah. Fingers crossed on that. Some other offers waiting, uh, which are always exciting but nerve-wracking. Play, didn't play too much Bloodborne this week, if at all. Played some more League. We had my sister and her fiancé over yesterday for a game night. Yeah. And we played Lords of Waterdeep, but with the expansion, mm-hmm. which we had never played before. And I actually enjoyed the expansion. I felt like it added a good amount of variety and different uh, strategies mm-hmm. to the game, which was needed, I would say, because it, the main thing, if you play with both expansions, which we did, adds the Skullport. Was it Skullport? Yeah. Scoundrel of Skullport? Skullport. Yeah. Sure. That part of the expansion set, um, it adds a piece called Corruption. Mm-hmm. And so if you land on the Skullport spaces or do the Skullport quests... Their rewards are typically a lot better, mm-hmm. but you take corruption, and if you have a lot of corruption at the end of the game, you'll lose a lot of points. So it's this balance of how many do I take versus how many do I reasonably think I can return or give to someone else. So I, I really enjoyed the expansion. How did you like the game? It was good. Who why, won, Cody? Yeah, why, why do you like the game? Because who won, Cody? You won. I won. Yeah. I won. I feel like I won maybe the first or second game, and then I haven't won a single game of Lords of Waterdeep. Your sister still won the most. Yeah, definitely. And she was in the lead up until, like, the final scoring, Mm -hmm. because she didn't do enough quests. Yeah. Because there were the, like, bullshit part of the expansion is it put just a ton of quests with, like, 40 points as a reward yeah all three of you got one of those i didn't yeah but you got one like 20 point reward that took three adventurers and that was it it was two adventurers but i had to spend like 10 coins to get the points (laughs) i think (laughs) something like that i don't know but i feel like you can get that way quicker than three clerics (laughs) yeah so and i was not doing well and because Every time I would try to get first place, someone would take it from me. Mm-hmm. And then I finally completed a quest that let me put corruption on the first place place. Yeah, the action space. Yeah. That's what they called it. So if someone went there, they would have to take corruption. And no one wanted that. So yeah. I had first place the rest of the game. I was waiting for Jordan to just do it. <laughs> yeah, I thought he... <laughs> at a certain point he'd be like, fuck it. Because he was just being ridiculous and just... He was just causing chaos and didn't care at the end. I think he had like 20 intrigue cards. And if you've listened to us play on 240, like... You don't need that many intrigue cards. You don't. Like, they can help you. But having that many doesn't help you because you don't get points for them. (laughs) So it was just... He just wanted to cause chaos. He was just making it his priority to like have as many intrigue as he could. Mm -hmm. Made it fun. It's a fun game. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll play it more, definitely, again, on the podcast at some point. I think that's it. I think we're ready to get into the topics. Um, one thing that I didn't prep you on, but it got announced, and we haven't talked about it because we just keep forgetting to, the Dark Season 3 trailer oh, and the release date. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I, watch the trailer. I do not want to watch the trailer yeah. because I, I think every season I've gone into the show blind, and mm-hmm. that's how I want to go into the final season. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of the show, um, very good. And the trailer announce the date which is june 27th yes 
and that's the date of the apocalypse within the show's universe is like no that's, it's real yeah it's a real apocalypse I, that's I, what I was talking i about. wonder what their marketing team is gonna do for <laughs> <laughs> what apocalypse they're gonna set off for 2020 so I just wanted to throw that out there that we're aware that it's coming. We are going to watch it. Um, but like I mentioned at the top, since a lot of these episodes are probably going to be pre-recorded, we might not get to dark until the 260s for us. Yeah. But I highly anticipate it being contended for show of the oh, year. Yeah. But I mean, think about Better Call Saul. Yeah, Better Call Saul. You gave that a 10. Yeah, it's just so good. It was, but dark. If dark doesn't do any other consistent montages... I will be happy. Yeah. I hope that was a one and done season thing. Yeah. Because I don't remember any of that in the first season. It wasn't a thing. I kind of want to rewatch the show. Yeah, you probably should. We probably should. Yeah. Same with Westworld if we ever get around to it. That's but, less of a priority. I know. And <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I asked my dad if he watched it. And he, his said, I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was so, just so quick with it. Like, yeah. he didn't even have to think about it. He's just ready for someone to ask him at all times. What yeah. do you think of Westworld? And he was probably just like, fucking sucks. Yep. That's what he was waiting to say. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about Dark. I mm-hmm. think it's one of the most slept on shows. I wouldn't be surprised if it has maybe not like a cult. It kind of does. Like every yeah. now and then it'll be like towards the top of like television and subreddit. Right. And then like no one else talks about it for ever a year. Yeah. And I mean, since it's almost done or it's on its final season, maybe like with that big hype, like people will start paying attention to it. Yeah. Like that same thing happened to Breaking Bad. Yeah. So I think once it's complete and someone can view it for the first time in its complete package, I think it'll be more exciting. Yeah. Cause waiting a year between it's hard cause it's so like, dense high concept it's a dense yeah show. i keep forgetting that it's coming up yeah that's why i wanted we to just... probably won't really have time to watch it until after we move yeah that's what i'm saying and with how however good we are about pre-recording we might not we might not need to um record until we're already like settled and fully moved in mm-hmm. so we'll just have to wait and see mm-hmm. fuck this computer i'm all i'm like in a good position where i will potentially win he just keeps like yay i did it you won i did it good job i got it set up in such a way that i was able to have two queens on the board at the same time mm-hmm. how if you get your pawn to the end you can pick a queen even though you already have a queen mm-hmm. that's weird mm-hmm. it's just rare that you can do that while your yeah. queen is still alive usually it's so like in like normal chess what do you use when it's there's no extra queen I think what you would do is just, because uh, I think this has happened with me and Eddie before, and it's just like you pick a piece and you're like, okay, this is a second queen. And you both just like agree, like, okay, yeah, that represents your second queen. So you just remember that. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Fuck you, computer. I finally won. Mm-hmm. Ah. So yeah, dark. Excited about that. Yeah. Who knows when we'll talk about it, but it will be talked about. Yes. It will be discussed. Did you listen to more Run the Jewels? Yeah. Did you really? I didn't think it'd be a huge topic. But, I mean, uh, <clears throat> comparing it to the, their work, mm-hmm. where does it stand? Like, a fairly consistent, like, a good piece of Run the Jewels. Yeah. That's a meaty pie. It reminds... I feel like RTJ3 was very, like... I, I'm saying poppy, not in, like, pop music, but, like, it had a lot more, like, hits and, like, things that I could hear, like, as singles. I think it was way more upbeat. Yeah. I don't mean just upbeat, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they had they had that, like, radio-friendly, like... 
even though the language isn't radio friendly, like the beats and it just seemed much more for all you accessible kids and like definitely like you could pick out like, oh, that's a single. I could hear that on the radio. For Whereas, all you kids, Brittany's trying to say that album had a lot of bangers. Yes. Anyway, but I feel like RTJ2 was a lot more like, it's going to sound like I'm saying RTJ3 isn't, but I'm going to say RTJ, RTJ2 is more cohesive as an album and like you listen to it from start to finish and it just feels like one giant like song, basically. There's a message. There's a theme. Yeah. And that's what I feel like this album went back to yes where there weren't any like you know i could pick that out and be like i could listen to that over and over again and that's going to be a banger when they go on tour like none of that um even though it will be exciting if they go on tour eventually when tours can happen again in this world um but from start to finish i very much enjoyed it i couldn't pick one song out maybe for like one or two that were like damn that was really cool mm-hmm. but all together the whole package is oof, yeah that's that's that good run the jewels i would say um i still hold run the jewels three as my favorite of theirs Mm um i'm just pulling up the track list the my biggest gripe with this album was just the second Mm -hmm. song the ooh la la i liked ooh la la it was okay it's just i didn't like the sample and that's like the entire it just it was grating like it was the hook and it was just like there's every once in a while there's a hook where i'm just like ah, it's just annoying i think musically i don't know theoretically what it's called but it does some really cool things musically like yeah that don't follow like a set scale of notes it, mm-hmm. was, it was cool yeah. i don't remember what it's called because <laughs> i haven't taken a music class in nine years yeah who knows how long <laughs> Nine years. Um, but I mean, yeah, you got Yankee and the Brave, then Ooh La La, which meant Out of Sight with Two Chains, mm-hmm. Holy Kalama Fuck. Yeah. Which I said, like, that's the subtitle for 2020. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Goonies versus E.T., mm-hmm. another banger, Walking in the Snow, which has. The... I really like Walking in the Snow. It's a good song, but the chorus is so stupid. I mean, if you think of it literally, mm-hmm. it's not literal. Okay. I don't like. And I can't remember if they credited her in RTJ2, but they didn't credit Gangsta Boo on that yeah. song. She is not credited on as a writer, as a producer, or featured on yeah. it. Is she credited on her RTJ2 song? Give me a sec. I'll find her. Love Again. Yeah, she is. Okay, she's credited on Love Again. Yeah, but I didn't know that was Gangsta Boo. I figured it was mm-hmm. something that they worked with in the past. They but... say Gangsta Boo in the song. Oh, they do? So technically, she's credited. Credited. Verbally. <laughs> credited during the lyrics but not on the track which yeah i don't i don't like when that happens unless it's like coldplay had beyonce on a song once and they didn't like credit her in the track name but when you listen to it it's like supposed to be like oh my god it's beyonce and like a surprise because it's such a recognizable voice yeah I don't think that's the same here. No. I think they should have credited her. Yeah, I'm sure. Unless she, for some reason, didn't want to. They probably worked it out. Maybe, like you mentioned, it's part of the theme of the song. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, then you got Zach De La Roca coming back yeah. for Just. Which... What, was, what was his like repetitive line this time? Because I was listening to it earlier. Mm-hmm. It was a good song. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll just leave it at that for the track list but overall i do enjoy it mm-hmm. i know um anthony fantano needle drop melonhead the music critic on youtube that i always reference just to get some 
quote unquote outside perspective outside of like the people I know. Yeah. He gave it an eight out of ten, okay. which apparently he's given every RTJ album an eight out of ten. Yeah. So fairly consistent. I and just I, don't know what his credentials are. He listens to a lot of music. Okay. A lot of people listen to a lot of music. He's the one that has over a million subscribers. Okay. <laughs> it's not like his word is law. Like I know, it, I know. It's just, I, just... I like seeing other perspectives on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just, I prefer hearing from like other musicians that mm-hmm. have, that under, that know how to play music. And what if he had like music? a degree from a, like a musical theory degree? Then yeah, I totally trust his opinion. Okay. But I don't think he does. You don't know that. I Maybe. don't know, but if he does, Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, giving so much weight to this piece of paper <laughs> I, it's more than just the piece of paper it's i know that he spent time and yes time yes learning I know. the ins and outs but couldn't he do that just by virtue of listening to so much music and wanting to like understand yeah how yeah. so i think it's not that he has to have a degree to be an expert it's just i don't know i think i just don't whatever he no because he does like dissect songs and things that isn't just like man that was dumb like he talks about mm-hmm. um like the rhythms and hooks that songs use mm-hmm. and how they like structure the album and like mm-hmm. how it flows and the features that they decide on and things like that so i mean like he does come at it as like a very analytical mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. memes aside so what memes there are tons <laughs> like every video you look at there are comments where it's like, Anthony, you just spent nine minutes yelling at the top of your lungs. This isn't a review. There's just comments just like that, like where it's not relevant at all, but it's mm-hmm. just f- funny. Anyways, good album. I think I would put it RTJ3, RTJ4, 2, 1. Hmm. And if you want a number, I'd probably give this one 8 out of 10. Okay. I'm not ready to rate it. Yeah. I need to listen to it more, and I will listen to it more. How would you rank it amongst? I don't know yet. Before this album came out, what would you rank the albums? Three, two, one? Two, three, one. I, there's RTJ. Let's lift off into... Okay, I'm done. Our Space Force final discussion. Mm-hmm. We watched episodes seven through ten. We're done with it. Yeah. Spoilers. I'll need reminders of what each episode was about. I will get that pulled up. Okay. So spoilers for the entirety of Space Force. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah, it's an easy watch. So episode seven was Edison James. Oh, Caitlin Olsen. James. Uh, yep, Caitlin Olsen. Then we had Conjugal Visit. Yep. Then we had It's Good to Be Back on the Moon. <laughs> and then uh, Proportionate <clears throat> Response was the finale. Okay. Does that yeah. give you a reminder? I think so, yeah. Edison James was, I think, a pretty good episode. I did enjoy. I thought it was fun because I think it was definitely poking fun at Musk and like Musk types. No, she's um a parody of that one chick. Elizabeth Holmes? Yes, her. I'd never heard of her. She had some big, weird, like, controversy recently because of weird science things she was doing. Yeah, in 2018, the SEC charged her with deceiving investors through false or exaggerated claims about the accuracy of her company's blood testing technology. So they were definitely poking fun at her. Okay. And her big scandal. Her faux science. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good to know. I never yeah. heard of her before, so. Yeah, I think they made like a, some, either Netflix or Hulu had a documentary about her, and that's the only reason I heard about her, her at all. HBO documentary, The HBO. Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's they're making it. fun of her. Well, they did a good job of it then. Yes. <laughs> but you didn't care for that episode? It was fine. Yeah. I don't remember any like standout jokes from it. 
I just imagine Ben Schwartz was killing it. Yeah. Was that episode or the next episode the one where they were doing, like, the um, the interviews for... I think it was the next episode. Okay. Yeah, that one yeah. was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that... Um, Edison James, that's when Dr. Chan and Captain Ali first, like, uh, interact and they start their botany course. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh. And then Conjugal Visit, mm-hmm. next one, where General Naird goes to have sex with his prisoned wife. And she, she is wants like, an open marriage. We, we should see other people because I'll be here forever. Yeah. I mean, I know you probably won't like it, but like she was trying to be fair to him, understanding yeah. like you're a man, you have needs and I'm not, my situation isn't changing anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that I will be okay mm-hmm. if you want to go take care of your needs with someone. Go bone. Yeah. Yeah. I so think. I think it was a mature thing i just she approached it really well yeah he wasn't approaching it good at all because he was clearly not okay with it but he wasn't just saying that yeah he kept just trying to say how good they were together but like Mm -hmm. no yeah so i was frustrated by just his approach to it all yeah because it's totally okay to not want that but he needs to say it yeah and not just get forced into it but it happens anyway so whatever but he's fine. He likes a... What's her face? I don't even know her name. Kelly. Oh, okay. The Kelly. construction designer person. Contractor. Yeah. Labor. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and that's when they start doing the interviews. Yes. It says Dr. Chan and Captain Ali Carpool. Oh, And she yeah. goes gets her eyes. Mm-hmm. We learn about their K-pop and he yells about anime. Yeah. And then Dr. Mallory deals with the time crunch where they need to hire people mm-hmm. ASAP. Yeah. I just remember that one because it had, he had to work with Ben Schwartz the whole time. Mm-hmm. Fuck Tony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, next episode, Back on the Moon. They're finally, they got their people. They got the weird janitor person that looks like a Toby. He's either an electrician or an HVAC guy because that's the only two things they needed. So yeah. he's one of those. I think he's and, HVAC. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one weird lady that's that broader goddamn bird that's weird and asks a million questions yeah <sighs> so is that the episode where the beginning is the panel with all the astronauts and then the reporters are asking questions and mm-hmm. as they're asking really like bad questions that you know they're not they're good questions yeah. that will just have bad answers yes he's like threatening to kill them <laughs> mm-hmm. and every time uh general Naird gives a response mm-hmm uh ben schwartz or fuck tony goes what a great answer to a terrible question yeah. all right you please <laughs> i love ben schwartz <laughs> and then when the fucking article comes out about the hvac guy how mm-hmm. he's like a convicted criminal like multiple times over and yeah. <laughs> will not admit that he didn't even do some sort of check on them uh-huh. and so Naird has to go and yell at him which mm-hmm. i think was the funniest scene mm-hmm. and Part of me, like, wishes I could hear it, but then at the same time, like, I get how it's a lot funnier when you're just listening to, like, the muffled yeah. screams as everyone's just kind of, like, staring at each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that was also the episode with the good John Malkovich rant when mm-hmm. he was, like, drunk. I can't remember what they were trying to solve. Oh, where to land because, because the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They claimed it as scientific. <laughs> it was just peak John Malkovich. Because yeah. he had, like... Just a monologue where he's sitting at his desk, drunk, just complaining about the lead sci- Chinese scientist and mm-hmm. just how he's not actually a good scientist and yeah. it's all nepotism. And yeah. I will 
fuck you up. Mm-hmm. True John Malkovich coming out. Because he's very much the straight man for most of the show. Until but... these last two episodes, pretty much. Oh, God. And to the last episode. What was it? Proportionate response? Yep. So the <laughs> episode nine, um, they did land on the moon. Hooray. It's good to be black on the moon. That was Captain Ali's first words. <sighs> <laughs> Such a... I don't know, just like, you can't, it's the train wreck, it's cringe. Yeah. Like, you could just feel so bad, short and fraud, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sad, because it's cool, she's the first black woman on the moon. And now she's... <laughs> Memed. She got TikToked. Yeah. In the next episode. Uh, but the episode ends with the Chinese uh, moon team, the moon team rolling over the American flag. From on the, the Apollo 11 landing. Right. And so the yeah. finale is all about how do they get uh, payback? How do they retaliate yeah. without causing some sort of lunar war? Which was someone's solution. Yeah. It was the Air Force's solution to just bomb them. And John Malkovich is hyper against it the entire episode. <laughs> he threatens to set himself on fire. Mm-hmm. With fuck Tony watching. Recording. He was filming yeah. it. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Recording it and then Brad shows up and he's gonna supposed to tell him to stop, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Mallory's like, wait. I mean, I, I changed my mind. I, I think I made my point here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh uh, that has a great scene or the story, the B story, I guess, with the uh, daughter. Your favorite character. I just she never has consequences for what she does and it's so annoying because yeah. that's not what the child of someone in the military acts like. Or it is because they keep getting away with it because after the conjugal visit thing, the daughter finds out and mm-hmm. is very upset mm-hmm. about it because she has no one or teenager bullshit. Yeah. And then she just is drinking on the job and serving like alcoholic acai bowls and so she gets fired and then she just goes to a gas station and goes with these guys Mm -hmm. to a quote-unquote party and ends up in the middle of the desert and they're like doing meth yeah and she's trying to get back and her dad is arrested in his own base Mm -hmm. the guy she's kind of talking to was arrested right next to him Mm -hmm. and then her mom's in prison yeah and so it's like, oh, shit, things are going to go bad for her for once. And then jumping ahead, but just he gets out. The dad gets out of his mm-hmm. handcuffs mm-hmm. or zip tie and then gets a helicopter and saves her. And her mom is also there. She escaped from prison with be- the guard. Because she yeah. can do that. And, and then they are flying in the helicopter. And it's like, hey, we need your help. But if you come back, you're court-martialed yeah mm-hmm. and then it ends mm-hmm. and i know it sounds like a lot just happened but it because it did yeah because on top of that what you also have is up on the moon the americans go and dismantle the chinese base because mm-hmm. air force guy took control of space force and mm-hmm. made, made that them. the order yeah and then while they were doing that the chinese people did the same thing for them and so now they're both sides are stuck up there without a base and then like it cuts to them flying away in the helicopter where it's like hey what do you do and then that episode ends yeah. season ends yeah <sighs> you were so annoyed about it. it just i don't know it feels like they just wanted so bad to get more episodes that that's why they did that yeah i don't know it just felt like i would have liked a more self-contained season one as opposed to this what feels like and what is a partially done 
season. Yeah. That's that's why I'm frustrated by it. Yeah, I see it. That's my biggest complaint it, with this show. My biggest complaint is it all just felt really rushed at the end. That's what I'm saying. It's like up until episode nine, I was consistently saying, what is the point of the show? Is there going to be multiple seasons? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we do need to have some sort of hook and some sort of plot mm-hmm. overarching in the show. And then they just like spat it out at you yeah. in the last two episodes. Yeah. It felt rushed and just ended. But overall, the show was a lot better than I thought it would be. I, I don't I thought it would be pretty bad, but it definitely made me laugh more than it yes. made me like roll my eyes yeah no i didn't think it was gonna be bad at all i just thought it was gonna be okay i thought it was gonna be a show mm-hmm. i thought i'd get some chuckles i definitely thought it ended up funnier than i went yep. in thinking it would be but i didn't think it was gonna be terrible i didn't think it was gonna be amazing so i'm walking away with like oh okay yeah like pleasantly surprised but yeah. not not blown know. away no it is not my show of the year or yeah my biggest takeaway though is Ben Schwartz should be in every show. He ever. <laughs> his career just needs to blow, blow up. Oh, I don't know why it took him so long to break out on. I'm assuming it's Parks and Rec. That's probably where he really got yeah. noticed. Mm-hmm. But because he played the best character. Yeah, and he's still playing that character. And man, is it working. <laughs> anyway. So I mean, yeah, show is okay. I think that's... <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun time. Yes. If this show ends up becoming a very long-running show, it will definitely fall off to me. Mm-hmm. I think if they can somehow cap it at two or three seasons, then that is a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, you could probably say that with a lot of shows, but I think with this show specifically, like it's also... Now that you're on the moon, I just worry what you do next because eventually you're just going to run into the same problems, even if it's on Mars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. You can only do so much, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like maybe, just maybe, TV is trending towards a much shorter form. So they'll either do, like, people are more interested in watching the miniseries or the, you know, here's a regular show, but we're only planning on, like, three or four seasons. Yeah. I think people are starting to realize, like, the longer things go on, they're they're just, they just get worse. Yeah. And I know that's really cynical and not always the case, but there's so much potential with shows if you just kind of keep them within, like, a self-contained story. And it can be told over one season. It can be told over, like, three seasons. As long as you have a plan and right. don't try to, like, milk the cash cow, I guess, which I know it's hard. And but. I think it's also people aren't watching the network television as much anymore. And that's where that format worked. And yeah. it gave people long careers and there was a lot of money in it. And now that people are watching it less, mm-hmm. it's probably also networks and streaming services are like, we're not going to make shows that long because people don't watch that many seasons of one show. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a conscious decision. Yeah, I hope that's how it continues to go because... There have been some really good gems coming out of the, like, self-contained stories. Like, you know, Chernobyl, I think, counts, even though it's based on a real event. And Dark is a really self-contained series. Yeah. So I hope that's the trend from now on. You ready to rate it? Yeah. Out of 10 what? Out of 10 acai bowls? I don't know. Out of 10... I'm trying to think of what Ben Schwartz... 
did or had out of 10 uh wendy's themed tweets mm, sure okay uh, i'd give it a six uh yeah six maybe 6.5 yeah that's where i stand yeah, yeah. definitely enjoyable above average mm-hmm. so there you go space force in the closet you go with all the other ratings see you never see you next season maybe <laughs> i'd if, watch another season if it happens so last topic it's our movie of the week the theme is a movie that uh ideally neither of us have seen or a movie one of us hasn't seen and the other hasn't seen in a while something to that effect and it's also you know acclaimed it has awards or it has a lot of fan love for it mm-hmm. and what movie is it this week Annie Hall. Oh, by Woody Allen. Don't don't say his name. Well, he is the main character and I know, the director. I know, and he's. God. We're I don't not, like that fact. You chose this movie. I know. Knowing all of it. I know. So it's a comedy romance, hour and a half long. Came out in 1977. PG is the rating, which I think is crazy because there was a lot of sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's just because it didn't show like anything. Yeah. Uh, why do you like this movie as much as you do? Let's start with that. That's a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, like, why did you pick it? Why do you think... Like, why did you want me to watch it? It's a hard question. I don't know. I just like the movie. I don't know. I think it's... You know, it's kind of a traditional rom-com, but I think it's a little more irreverent than modern-day rom-coms, which are just fucking cheese fests, which is fine. I'm not knocking it. It's... They make it for some people that like it, and that's fine. I think the heart behind this movie means a lot to me. At least, you know, the last line of the movie is kind of why I really like the movie. Because it shows more of the couple breaking up than them falling in love. Like, it shows that even though relationships are crazy, and you bicker, and you break up, and you get back together, and fight about nonsense because he's obsessed with death or she's just kind of a ditz and drives terribly like with all the craziness you just you need the eggs mm-hmm. you need the eggs and they make you feel better relationships make you feel better do you think i'm i'm sure this isn't a first movie of this type but do you think this kind of like cemented the archetype for these kind of movies because when we were watching it i was like oh so this is like a old marriage story i don't think it's marriage story at all i think it's like oh i mean because they are it's mostly a story of how they broke up and mm-hmm. why they broke up and new you york know, and california yeah i mean i don't know enough about the history of film to say if this was the first of its type but yeah it definitely reminds me of 500 days of summer where it'll like juxtapose like each character's opinions of what's situation is and they're like similar but also like the opposite Mm. like interpretations of what the other person is thinking yeah and that was a very common theme in 500 days of summer and it's also the same kind of like manic pixie dream girl right trope that gets yeah used um and i mean i think it's one of the first to kind of break the fourth wall and do some kind of creative things yeah um like when they're in line for the movie and the guy behind them's like trying to say like interpret this famous guy's quotes or i don't know anything about the guy that he was quoting but they like had the guy like make a cameo Mm -hmm. and basically fulfill that fantasy of 
the guy that you're quoting is going to tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they're having sex and she like leaves her own body because she's just so bored. Yeah. She's just not into it. Yeah. Because she's not high. I don't know. I think it does some creative things that, well, today, like, that's pretty, you know, you've seen stuff like that all the time, I'm sure. But yeah. back then, it was just so different. Yeah. So. Yeah. I definitely see that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't help but think about Marriage Story. And even uh, there was an episode of Master of None that felt very similar to this. Yeah. Which, like, so that's why I just brought up yeah. that question. Because, like, this does, it wouldn't surprise me if this was one of the early or first or one of the first types that really like do this kind of story where it's mm-hmm. to me it's it was almost hard to keep up with on first watch like when the scenes were happening yeah because it plays around with time a lot mm-hmm. and so it's i don't know that that tripped me up non-linear yes. storytelling and you don't know that right away yeah it takes a while maybe like 30 minutes into the movie where you're like oh okay yeah because like there were scenes with annie like i think the lobster scene was pretty early on and then like yeah. you see a couple scenes later when they f- first, first meet. Met. Yeah. So it's like, bah. Yeah. It's just, it starts with showing all like the happy times and the good memories and they get through that really quick. And then it goes to all the differences they had. And Yeah. Which I think is how those, these kind of stories work. It's like they front load the happy mm-hmm. stuff. So that way you can then see it fall apart. Yeah. And so. You're left wondering why. Mm-hmm. There's no why. It's just they were different people who yeah. wanted different things and enjoyed different things. And they romanticized each other at first because that's what you do when you're in a honeymoon phase. Yeah, I know. She, um... I love you. So stupid. I fucking hated that scene. I just didn't... I... It wasn't supposed to be, like, cute and cheesy. It was just supposed to be, like, they're so fucking, like, yeah. infatuated with yeah. each other. And they just met. I hate it. Yeah. Um, I mentioned to you like another big complaint of mine with this movie is that Woody Allen's in it, and it's just so self-masturbatory because he is Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, this is honestly probably my first movie I've ever seen of his, yeah. and it's just he writes himself as this guy that's really good at sex, and he's a comic where everyone loves him, and he's this famous comic where people on the street walk up to him. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. it really took me out of the movie like it made it hard to yeah. get that he he's not was... a very likable person and no. you can't, i can't believe he scores these very beautiful women yes because like you see him in bed and he's just this weird lanky fucking balding guy and i'm yeah. like why are they with you because he's funny <laughs> but he's not he's just an annoying asshole like every scene he's in and i'm like why <laughs> woody allen <laughs> like i don't know like, I wasn't even thinking about it with all the his, like, personal stuff in real life. It was just, like, from this character mm-hmm. and knowing that he is the director yeah. of it. Yeah. And the screenplay writer. It's just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get out of your ass a little bit, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was... To me, it just feels like Woody Allen wanted to tell his life story if it was better than it actually was. Well, I don't of, know. He actually, he dated Diane Keaton for a while and he married Mia Farrow and he scored all these really hot chicks. I would hope that his real life personality is different than Alvy Singer's. I don't think so. Either way, he does like kind of preface that, like if this is his life story at the beginning where he talks about like, even fr- as a kid, he had this crazy imagination mm-hmm. where he let his, you know, 
fantasies yeah. are on wild. So mm-hmm. if this is his like dramatization of his own life, then yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's still just, it would be so much better if you just had someone else play the main character. Yeah. And then it's fine. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But when you're doing it about yourself, mm-hmm. just fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But I, I know it's hard when you know how terrible the person is. At least for me it is. But I very much enjoy the, the themes of this movie. Mm-hmm. You need the egg. Do you think it's worthy of its... On IMDb, it has an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 98%. Mm-hmm. Metacritic, 92. Mm-hmm. I think it also won Best Picture the year it came out. Probably. Uh, yeah, Best Picture. Let's look it up. Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, Best Director. Yeah. And a bunch of Golden Globes, BAFTAs. Yeah. A bunch of awards. It won all of those or nominated for all of those? These are just the awards, yeah. That it won? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I think for the time it came out, like I, how we, if you set it in its cultural context, yes, it definitely deserved it. Yeah. Now it's like probably nothing special compared to all the movies that have come out and having told like a similar story. No. But I think for the time it came out, it was so different and so, I don't want to say quirky, but kind of is quirky filmmaking that yeah. you don't see too often with yeah. some weird long shots of like, wait, where are the characters that are talking? Oh, there mm. they are. Or like... Mm. You see it from their perspective, or people like leave their own bodies, and yeah, because I mean, compared to fucking Godfather, and it's like there's a lot more interesting things happening. Yeah, there's the fourth wall breaks, like you said, and Mm -hmm. talking, you know, at the camera, like as if like the audience. That's fourth wall breaking, but I mean, just like doing weird things that like shouldn't exist in the universe, and like comparing that to other movies at the time, like yeah, it's clear why it won the awards. Yeah, do you think the rating is correct? Like, would you rate it that highly? I would, but yeah. I might be a little biased. Yeah, because when did you first watch this movie? 2015. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was only a few years ago. Yeah, that's weird. I thought, like, you'd seen it multiple, multiple you probably still have seen it a lot. No? Oh, I think okay. this was probably the second time I watched it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It was good enough to me to be my Halloween costume that year. Yeah. And I looked cute as shit yep <laughs> little annie hall lottie da yeah is that what you said all night yeah yeah um but yeah it was fine I'll, i don't plan on ever watching it again that's i'm fine. sorry that's fine you don't have to uh, i won't i'm glad you watched it the one time and i'm yeah. sure the runtime. yeah that helped was very helpful yeah because like i could definitely tell <laughs> like when it was wrapping up i was like oh, okay we're getting close to the end mm-hmm. like, it, it made it very clear like the flow of the movie yeah, and i appreciated like, that he had a story to tell and he told it he was done right always appreciate when they do that at least mm-hmm. um so yeah uh, i definitely get all the awards it got the ratings it got do i personally enjoy it meh i think maybe if i watch the 500 days of summer or the other movies that i'm sure exist that are similar to this i would get a appreciation for this movie and the sort of like precedent it's set but yeah. you know Compared to Marriage Story, Marriage Story is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't starring Noah Baumbach. <laughs> and Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Yeah. So I would probably give this, you know, like a six. Okay. Yeah. Like a six. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. It does have funny moments and stuff, but just, man. Scorny Weaver's in it. In what? Annie Hall, apparently, at the end. Who was she? She's, like, not even, like, she doesn't have a character name or anything. Oh. 
like at the end when he meets Annie again, mm-hmm. she was his date. Oh. Yeah. There are so many weird cameos, like Christopher Walken's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Goldblum has yeah. a small scene. It was before he was like in yeah. things. I think Sigourney Weaver was, that was her first on-screen appearance. Probably. Paul Simon. Yeah. From like Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. I was like, that's probably a big name. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in it. Who is he? Tony Lacey. That was Paul Simon? Yeah. Who's Tony Lacey? The guy in California that she ends up going to live oh, with. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Yeah. Paul the Simon? music guy. Yep. That is definitely him. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that was him. Mm-hmm. So any other thoughts on Annie Hall? Okay. Don't excuse Woody Allen's behavior, but no. it is a good movie. I'm sorry. Don't buy the movie. Yeah, don't support it. <laughs> Stream it. And oh. like, you know, yeah. on the high seas. Yeah. You know. Don't give him your money, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. He's a terrible person. <laughs> but that'll do it for this episode. Another classic ish movie down. Mm-hmm. We'll see what we bust out. Maybe for one another more modern one. Next week, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure we will. I had an idea I wanted to run by you later. Ooh, I already know what two episodes from now it's going to be, so we can go over that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it. Next week, we're going to start watching The Great and going over that. It's mm-hmm. a show on Hulu all about Catherine the Great. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch along, we're going to do two episodes at a time. And I think that's it. Uh, make sure you give us a rating. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher. All the things. Tell your dog. Yeah, tell your dog we said hello and give him like a pet for us. Chloe says hello to you. I'm sure if we wanted her to yell, she would do it on command. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.